Hello, my name is Benjamin Harmeyer. And my name is Griffin Harmeyer. And you're listening to a Catholic podcast, Stay Hopeful. And this year we will learn what it means to understand God's infinite love and hope that he gives to us, even in our darkest times in this crazy world called life. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about spiritual warfare, but the question that we're really going to talk about and try to give a good answer to is, if God is all good and all powerful, why does evil exist in the world? So that's kind of our broad topic for today, and we're going to have, I think I have a a short story that I'll tell and an example from a life of a saint as well in this episode. So let's start in prayer, though. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, St. Joseph, please be our guardian, be our protector, help us always in all of our necessities. Pray for us that we might always know that here we have no lasting city, but we seek the one that is to come in the kingdom of God. We know that there is suffering here, but you will guide us and you will lead us to that eternal kingdom in which we are in perfect happiness. Pray for us always. And we ask the intercession of St. Michael the Archangel as we pray. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be your protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast now Satan and all the evil spirits who proud about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, as we said earlier in the episode, during the intro, we're going to be answering the question that has been showing up a, a lot recently, and the, the question, if God is all-powerful and all-good, why does evil exist in the world? So that is, that's the question we're going to be answering today. So we'll just we'll just dive right in. Yeah. So the first thing I want to talk about is uh, the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus as the primary example, because the crucifixion is the worst thing that happened in the history of the world. And Jesus going through the cross, not only exterior pain, like physical pain, but the, the pain on his soul, interior pain that he went through is more than any other pain that anyone in this entire world has ever suffered. So this, that's why this is the, the greatest example is because the greatest injustice man ever committed against God is this. And that's why it's, it's the prime example. So what, what happens in the crucifixion of the Lord? and the Mass, we say, well, the priest prays, For out of compassion for the waywardness that is ours, he humbled himself and was born of the Virgin. By the passion of the cross, he freed us from unending death. And by rising from the dead, he gave us life eternal. Again, this... The cross of Christ. This is the greatest injustice man has has done against God. And what happens in in the crucifixion? We find that it is in the cross where all grace and forgiveness comes down through Jesus to the whole world, to all of humanity. And that that's so important. That's so key. That God completely transforms what it means to suffer because of the cross. What seems like the end is only the means by which God can not only forgive our sins, yes, through the crucifixion, but without that, without the crucifixion, there would be no resurrection to life. There would be that there wouldn't be that that glorious resurrection in which God opens up the gates of heaven and by ascending into heaven, Jesus unlocks those gates to enter into eternal life. is so important, so key, this primal example, and Christ takes upon himself all the evil and all the suffering upon himself. I, I actually noticed this while praying the rosary, uh, just the Apostles' Creed, where we pray, we're, we're meditating upon the central mysteries of what we believe in, as Jesus was sent from the Father, 
born of Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. Just the constant descent that God takes into our own brokenness. And then takes it all upon himself, redeems it, frees us from sin, and then leads us into everlasting life. And the again, the great good that came from the crucifixion is the resurrection in which we've died in baptism. We die with Christ, meaning we remove from ourselves the evil of sin, completely turning away from that old life and being risen with him to live that new life. And yeah, just the resurrection, man, there's there's so much ri- richness to the, the central mysteries of our, our faith where you can continually keep going back and meditating. But yeah, that 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 glorious resurrection that opened the gates of heaven for our t- eternal life, our created purpose. So the next thing, that that's the primary example. And the next thing I want to talk about is temptation. So, and, we, and every single person experiences this. Why is there these experiences that we have, these, these inclinations and our desires for evil when we shouldn't want these things? You know, these things will not satisfy us. But if there was no temptation, if there was no sin, now, before I, before I start with this, sin is not a good thing. We want to stop sinning. So don't take this the wrong way. Sin is not something that's good. We need to get rid of it. But with that in mind, let's keep going. So if sin didn't exist, we would all pretty much be mediocre in our spiritual life. We'd all be kind of in the same space. But because there's the constant interior battle, constantly saying no to ourselves and yes to God, and just that constant struggle against evil, we become holier because of it. It's because of the battle. It's because of the struggle in which we that that is the way by which we are made holy with God. It's just that that's why that God allows temptation is the the greater good in which He can bring about from it. And you know, with that being mediocre in the in the spiritual life, if we're all the same in the spiritual life, then how can we? I mean, not only in, encourage each other to grow in our faith. If we're all the same, how are we, how are we supposed to encourage each other? We're all the same. We're all going to encourage each other to get to the same level as everybody else because we're all the same. Number one. Number two. How can we be more holy than like how can how can people become saints if everybody is the same? Like everybody is the same spiritual life. That's something I want to point out uh, as we keep going here. So yeah, Griffin, if you want to keep going, and uh, you're doing good. So <laughs> okay, yeah. And so that that's the, the the reality of temptation, and we'll get into this more in, in other episodes. This is a, I believe, three part series that we got for spiritual warfare. But not all temptation comes from the devil and demons. Some of it is from our own natural inclinations. Again, for another time. The next the, the next topic that that we're gonna discuss is suffering. You know, the, this reality of suffering that we have in our lives. And again, I do kind of want to point it back to the crucifixion is that it's because of the crucifixion. It's because of the suffering of Jesus that our suffering has meaning. Suffering is not in and of itself a good thing. God does not desire it. And in heaven, we know no one is suffering at all. And and God desires us to be in that place with him. But because of the suffering of Jesus, we are able to offer up our willingness to suffer out of love for him to his cross, and it becomes meaningful. And when we do this, the the merits, the grace, 
again, like I said before, the crucifixion is the source where all grace came into the world. When we offer up our willingness to suffer to Jesus, it helps distribute those graces and that yeah those graces onto the the intentions and the people that we were offering up our willingness to suffer for so even in the midst in the midst of of this valley of tears as we pray in the hail holy queen we know that that because of christ he has shown us the way how to live so i have a a personal story of mine that happened quite recently that's a less extreme example of what we're trying to talk about here. So there was a two-hour delay for school. So I had a little bit of extra time in the morning, and I, instead of, you know, getting up, praying, and then, you know, getting ready for school, I spent too much time watching Catholic content on YouTube. And I noticed as I began to do this, there was a subtle temptation to do it. But quickly I, res- I responded to it and just did it. And later, as I'm reflecting upon this, and like at the end of the day, I realized by the grace of God, because this came to me very suddenly, is that, the okay, well, why is this like so subtle, if you will? Like, why, why was I so easily able to do this? It's because the habit of sin is so deep in me, it just becomes what I do, you know, it it becomes almost unnoticeable. So that that was the the story that I have. But so, okay, what was the evil? The evil was, you know, getting distracted with the YouTube and stuff, spending too much time on that. But the the grace that God gave on to me was was the knowledge that, okay, I, I realize this, I recognize this, this habit of sin. Okay, but how do I break this? I have to start breaking the habit. I have to start recognizing it and doing the opposite. And then... That Griffin mentioned the habit of sin, and so that, that that's kind of what I want to touch on for a second. How how often it doesn't really apply to venial sin only; it happens to all sin. All sin can be a habit. Just to be clear, we're not chalking up sin. Just oh, it's just a bad habit. You know, whether mortal mortal or venial, it doesn't matter. All sin, out of love for Christ, we want to remove so that we can have more room in our heart and soul for Him. So, just a, a quick clarification. Yeah, no, thank you, Griffin, because that didn't really come to my head as I said that. So, with that being said, I want to get into a, a time uh, about early last year, in, in March of last year, and we we had a retreat at our church. Well, it wasn't at our church; it was at a it was with our church. It was at a different location in the southern part of our state. So, and you know, th- there was this there was this young man. He he came up and he had a talk. And so he talked he talked about his personal story a lot and then he got into like some small things that that we can do as a as a service to others in our daily life. And that that was kind of like the you know like the main point of the story. And so with, with that it's it kind of connects to just please be note of what Griffin said before about sin being a habit. Just if you need a replay, just head all back. So habit of sin, and it, it can be a habit. Okay, let's let's be honest here. Sometimes we say a cuss word out of habit, like it just happens. And I feel like I'm, I'm I may have mentioned this before. If I didn't, now you know. So it could just come out. And so I can connect this to his talk, the uh, adult leader from 
the the retreat. So one, we can turn a habit of sin, and what he said was he was unkind to his parents, specifically his mom. So we can take that that habit of sin, and then for him it was being unkind to his mom, to then transforming it into a habit of virtue. Or for him it was think about what your mom has done for you. Like that was his thought process. And so he changed his his view towards his mom and his attitude towards his mom. And he started being kind to her, being more gently open and very, very kind to, to his mother. And so that can happen with virtue. We can change that habit of sin into a habit of virtue. And so how do we do that? We go to confession. We receive the grace to fight back against those sins. And so we can get to prayer and then we can increase our virtue. And that's the basic rough idea of it. But this this can happen in in all different kinds of ways in our life. And so we need to understand this to not only know of our path in life and not get blinded by all of our distractions and what what Griffin said, maybe it's social media or YouTube or something of that variety. But we we can't get stuck on that. We need to churn we need to change that habit of sin into a habit of virtue. And again, go to confession. Receive the graces to fight against those sins. And then we can change that into a habit of virtue by praying and offering up anything, sufferings, joys, prayers, works, whatever, up to God to better someone else's life or to better your life and grow in virtue. Yeah, also the the only one, other thing I want to say is is offering up those those good works, prayers, sufferings and joys back to God and I that's that's a really good point. I also like to think of it as always giving giving gifts to God. You know, he he gave us this gift of life and while we're we're offering this back up to him, we're offering our entire life just say, "Father, this is a gift for you." So, I like to think about it like that. Very good, Ben. And the last thing that we're going to talk about is the story of St. Maria Goretti. Again, to further give an example for the, the answer to why evil exists in the world. So Maria Goretti was, I believe, the oldest of her family. And so her father and her family owned a home on another individual's property. And the way that uh, Maria Goretti's father would make money for the family is if he grew enough crops, if he grew enough food above the like set quota for the landowner, he could take the extra for his own family, and that's how he was able to provide. But very tragically, he died from illness, and so Maria Goretti's mother had to take his place on the farm, and Maria Goretti had to basically be a mom and raise all of her younger siblings. And so there was a man by the name of Alessandro Serenelli. And he would help Maria Goretti's mother uh, with the farm to provide for the family. Maria Goretti's mother trusted him, but he had very impure intentions toward uh, Maria. One day, when he knew that she was alone... He went into the house and said, if you do not do what I want you to do, I will kill you. Maria Gretti refused. And so in his anger, he had a a weapon, not a knife, but a, I think it was a, a tool that was sharpened. So it was, you know, it was deadly. And 
he stabbed her a number of times, and she fell to the ground unconscious. He left immediately and went to his own his his own place. When Maria Goretti woke up, she dragged herself to the door to call for help. Alessandro hears this. He comes back and stabs her more for a total of 14 times. Now, it was those second round of, of wounds that ended up taking Maria's life. Eventually, Maria is found, taken to the hospital, and but because of her condition, she couldn't she couldn't have water and they couldn't they couldn't put her to sleep for the procedure to try to for the surgery to try to save her life. So every single movement of the surgeon's blade she felt, but not once did she cry out, not once did she complain. The surgery didn't work and I think there was you know, too much internal bleeding and Maria died. And so Alessandro was convicted and sent to prison for thirty years, I, I believe. When he he was such a bad bad prisoner that he was like w- fighting with the other inmates, he was sent into solitary confinement. I believe it was the eighth year that he was in prison that Maria appeared to him and gave him fourteen flowers. Again, the the number fourteen is significant because the number fourteen is the amount of times that she was stabbed. And it was her forgiving him for every single thing they did against her. He radically, radically transformed his life and began began teaching uh, other people, the other inmates, and converting the other inmates as well. And he got out three years early from his sentence. And in those days, around the around the 19th century, 19th, 20th century, no one got out early from prison, but he got out three years early because he's so radically transformed. And so this this example is that the supreme and completely, completely unjust thing that was done to someone completely innocent, and yet God completely transformed it because of the forgiveness that Maria Gretti showed toward Alessandro. And that, that's just another example. It, it's another example of before when we were talking about, well, when Griffin was talking about the crucifixion and the resurrection. The worst time in human history was the crucifixion. And the same with St. Maria Goretti. Now, it's not the most worst time in human history, but it was still not good. And she passed away from the stab wounds from Sarah Nelly. But on the flip side, the greater good from this is that not only did she forgive Serenelli of what he did, but she also came to him f- like face to face and forgave him. And with the resurrection, that was the greatest moment in human history. So we can see that these two stories are connected. And wherever there is bad, there is good. So I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. Another thing that I want to say is not only did Alessandra be forgiven and, and converted, but also Maria Gretti has given an example through her prayers, her intercession, and her just her life story, a, a great and powerful witness of the love and mercy of God for all of us. So that's also like the, the greater impact, you know, it, was, it wasn't just for the one individual, but, you know, for all of us. So, yeah, I mean, that there's that. And and now you have a have a story to tell.
to 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 whoever you meet. The story of Saint Maria Goretti and Alessandro Serenetti. So, spiritual warfare part two. It's going to be a little bit more in depth of spiritual warfare. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, we'll end in prayer and then we'll send you guys off. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, keep us close to your heart. And for all those who are going through very difficult times, please make your presence known to them. Help us always to stay steadfast in love for you, do all things out of love for you, and to come to that great kingdom in which you bid you, you bid to us, you call to us, to that heavenly kingdom. Please grant us all that we need in order to enter that kingdom and see you face to face. St. Marie Gretti, pray for us. We ask the intercession of St. Michael the Archangel as we pray. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Continue to spread hope and only love. We'll see you all next time.